Hello everyone, welcome to a very special season of the Courageous Leaders Club. For this season, I have been persuaded by Anna, my fantastic business assistant, sounding board and force of nature, to put myself in the spotlight. Something that is completely out of my comfort zone and let her run the show. You're in for a treat. Thanks Joe, and hello everyone. I'm going to start by introducing you to those that have not yet had the pleasure of meeting you. So this is Joanna House, international award-winning leadership coach, business consultant, best-selling author, and CEO of The Change Creators, with 20 years of experience in the creative industry. Wow, it's a mouthful, isn't it? For the past five seasons, I have listened to Joe interview some of the most brilliant industry leaders who've shared their learnings and inspiring stories of what it takes to be a courageous leader. And Joe is one of them. So it's time to hear her insights, learnings, and top tips of what it takes to become a leader you know you can be. You'll hear from us in the upcoming six episodes released every week on Thursday as usual. So let's dive straight in, shall we? This is very exciting. I'm really looking forward to picking apart some things that I've been very curious about for a long time. And I'm going to get really curious and go personal. And my first question is going to be, what about your past do we need to know to find out how have you arrived where you are today? Okay, how long is this podcast? Because there's a lot. <laughs> there's a big old past coming up. We've got time. We've got time. We'll unpack everything. Gosh, where do we start? There's a big old past. <laughs> I'll pick up the significant moments. Um, 18 years old, I lost my father. And that was a big shock. We, we didn't know that was going to happen. So that really, really shaped who I became in terms of my resilience, how I saw the world. And the way I actually, I say use the word survive that time, was I lived as if my dad was still alive. I lived as if I still wanted to make him proud. And what was that going to take? Um, I can reflect on it a bit now. I probably went a bit too extreme, which I'm sure we'll come to in another question. I went too hard into work. But it really was about how can I not let this moment um, let my dad down? You know, his life was taken too quick. So how can I live so part of him, he's still living through me and he can look down on me and be proud. So that massively shaped my ambition, my drives. From that, because losing him at 18, I don't know whether this would have changed it or not, but I didn't go to university. I wasn't a natural academic. So I was a grafter. I'd been working for my dad since I was 12 years old in a, as a waitress in a restaurant. So I was a massive grafter and was running a restaurant at 15 years old. So I think he installed so much about that work ethic in me. So I decided at 18 when this all happened as well, just to go straight into work. I, I didn't want to leave home. I just wanted to go working. So I ended up in an advertising agency at the age of, um, I think just turning 19, starting as a team secretary. And my mom said to me, just make everyone tea <laughs> and you'll be fine. <laughs> keep making tea. <laughs> no, well, tea is to the people's hearts. That's always the way. Yeah. So I had this big team because I was team secretary. I remember the days of cable and wireless. I had Zurich, I think it was. So two big teams. It's always me just walking around like 30 cups of tea. But it was. It's just I wanted to be useful. I wanted to learn. I wanted to grow. But I think big moments of, you know, losing my father, finding my drive, deciding not to go to university and just going straight into work kind of really defined my future. Well, Thank you for being vulnerable and sharing that with me. I really appreciate it. Do you think that that straightforward ambition, wanting to make your father proud as, as if he was still here, do you think that made you overachiever? Just going to go down that route? <laughs> yeah, massive overachiever. One thing was I always had the sense of, am I enough? Like a lot of it probably because I didn't go to university. So am I enough? I'm in the, these rooms with lots of really smart people. Do I belong here? Am I worthy of being here? So the way I overcame that was to overachieve. 
So constantly trying to prove myself, constantly going the extra mile that nobody else would go, putting myself out there. Um, I remember I, I became the, oh, go to Joe, so she'll sort it out. And I loved that. My ego was on fire, you know, kind of Joe's the fixer and Joe was the hardest working. And that gave me a sense of purpose and it gave me a sense of validation that am I enough? I must admit, I don't think I ever achieved that being enough, but going into the overachievement mode and um, now I understand that's not healthy, but it got me to where I, I wanted to get to. In a healthy way or not, it, I did achieve my ambition. Brilliant. How do you utilize that now? Obviously, you've built a business for yourself. Do you ever go back to, do you catch yourself being in an overachiever mode and do you actually use it to your benefit? Good question. Because I always say, so when we're talking about overachiever, the, the area you want to get into is being a high performer. Right. Now, a high performer can achieve what an overachiever does, but does it in a much more healthier, sustainable way. They look after themselves. They take care of themselves. But it is a dance. We're humans. We're flawed. And as a business owner, I dance between overachievement and then go, oh, I'm in flow. I'm actually looking after myself. I'm in flow. I'm a high performer. But it doesn't take much to click back in that overwhelm or suddenly a contract you wanted hasn't come through and then you start worrying about where the revenue is going to come from. And then very, very quickly, you can click back into being an overachiever and start scrambling, start hustling, letting go of your self-care routine because you feel like instead of doing yoga at 6 a.m., you're logging online at 6 a.m. So yes, I can catch it. I would say my husband's very good at catching it for me as well. Like he sees the signs now and he's like, Joe, breathe. What do you need to let go of? What do you need to reorganize? So I am better. I wouldn't say that it's gone. But I'm definitely a lot better at going right now. Hang on, this I know this doesn't work. What do I need to change? How do I change the way I think to be able to move more into that high performance zone? I'm going to shift gears really quickly and just go back to the beginning. You started off in the creative industry. You now have a business, but you're a coach. Uh You're coaching. When did that shift happen? Going such opposite ways. Yeah, because I was an operations geek. I was in companies right? telling them how to do their systems, their procedures, how to run things. Oh, I loved it. I was very good at it. I enjoyed it. Um, but there was always something in me, actually from quite a young age, of I always had a passion thinking I'd be a counsellor. That's, that's what I thought I would have been. Um, but with what happened with my dad, and then um, luckily my uncle was in advertising. I've got a lot of family in advertising, which I'm very grateful for. So the opportunities um, to get started. That felt like more security for me than exploring going down the counselling route because I would have needed to go to university and, again, wasn't a natural academic. So I let it go. But over the years, I remember I kept looking at courses going, how could I be a counsellor? But I think a lot of people listening to this will resonate is I couldn't let go of the lifestyle that I'd already built. I'd already got used to a certain paycheck. So like the idea of starting again just didn't seem viable at the time. And then when I was at McCann, um, I had a great CEO uh, called Zaid who decided to get everyone on the board a uh, coach. Now, I'd never heard of coaching before. So we all had this coach and it was wonderful. And I was sitting opposite this coach going, Ooh, I want to be doing what you're doing. <laughs> Where did you train? So I went and did their training course. And then I just continued and then carried on doing lots of different training courses. Ended up going to Melbourne, Australia. So I got a bit of a detour because I got the opportunity to go and work um, in a company in Melbourne. And it was my most senior role yet, like the pinnacle of what I was aiming for in my career. Funnily enough, got to the top, realized it actually wasn't what I thought it would be like and realized I didn't actually enjoy it and it wasn't the right company fit for me. But in Melbourne, they have one of the best coaching schools in the world. So I signed up there and it was a choice. Do I come back to the UK and go back into an agency 
or do I use this as an opportunity to reset and follow my dream? Scary. <laughs> yeah, <I think laughs> very so. scary. <laughs> um, but I came back, initially started the business as just calling it Joanna House. Was fortunate to get a contract quite early with somebody who already knew me. And it just went from there. And there's lots I can tell you about what I didn't expect in being a business owner, which I'm sure we'll come to. But it was actually a, a something I was passionate from a very young age. Fortunately, got to experience of, and find a way to do it. And then I think, to be honest, it was turning 40, having a complete life set, being the other side of the world, going, I've got a real choice now to make. I decided to follow my dream. Well, that is an amazing story and just the way you've put it and using your passion. It's wonderful to hear it. If you think back now from being the creative industry, becoming a coach, learning to build your business and succeeding at it, what is your proudest moment? Proudest moment? Oh, I feel quite emotional thinking about this because it's actually probably something I, I've just trusted my instinct to what comes up here. And proudest moment is actually believing I'm smart enough. I spent years believing I wasn't smart enough. And I didn't belong. I didn't fit in. And I also grew up with a brother who's incredibly smart, like PhD in dark matter. So I was, had a big comparison thing <laughs> as I was going along my life. But to actually be able to say to myself, I am smart enough. I am good enough. And I can do this. That was a really proud moment of self belief. And it's so interesting. I work with so many people that get worried about being able to say this stuff because they feel always that arrogance. No, my gosh, to believe in yourself. And because I chose to believe in myself, now what I'm able to do to help other people, that's what I'm proud of is that I was able to do the work on myself first so I can reach more people. It's very powerful. How did that proud moment, that realization in yourself affect the people around you, your business and your work? I think because I could show up. I could finally really show up as me. And I think for so long I was showing up as how I thought people wanted to see me or I thought that's how I should be and I could finally just go right no this is me I can show up and I think the impact that's had to other people is that I've created a space where they can show up as their true self and a space where people can self-reflect actually ask themselves what makes me happy what do I want versus what society says you should have and trying to be that kind of role model and to live what I teach Remember, caveat, not perfect, <laughs> not perfectly, but to demonstrate how this self-belief and being able to show up for yourself and then show up for other people, I see the impact that has on others. Next thing I want to find out, and probably the last thing, is a pick up on something that you said earlier. You've mentioned you've had quite a bit of learning when you first started your business. Do you want to give us a bit of insight of what it was like? I kind of swear, I don't know, bloody hard. It's like... You train to become a coach. So that's what I want to do. I could become a coach. I'll have a business to become a coach. And then you're like, oh my God, I've got to be an accountant. I've got to be a marketer. I've got to be a copywriter. I've got to be sales. And you suddenly go, I haven't trained to do any of that, but I can't be a coach if I don't know how to do that. So it was such a wake up call. And I've got to say, it's such a whole new respect for business owners. I don't think I've been an employee for 20 years. I wish I'd understood what it was like to run a business because I know I'd have been a way better operations director because you don't get enough exposure as an employee of what it's like to have that responsibility of business and the decisions you need to make and the amount of knowledge you need to be able to hold. So that was a huge wake-up call for me. And so I signed up to a 12-month mastermind of marketing and sales and I just I had to go all in to do it. 
And I remember the first two years of my business, I worked weekends, I worked evenings. It was intense and it was a bit like, and I don't want to encourage that, but it's a bit like I'm not sure how I'd be where I am today if I hadn't have done that. So I don't know the right or wrong thing there, but it was what I needed to do. I went all in, massive learning curve, mistakes, figuring stuff out. Whereas now I've got that knowledge. I can't, I don't work the weekends now. I don't work the evenings now, but that was the biggest learning curve is the amount as a business owner, you've got to be aware of, think about to the big picture, to the minute detail, thinking about building a team. Where do you get help? Also trust. I realized I had a bit of an issue trusting people, letting go, now giving other people what was like my baby to do for me and being that's okay. So I would say that's probably some of the biggest personal development I've ever done is seeing what it takes to run a business and keep a business going. If you could go back to the very beginning when you first started day one with the knowledge that you have today, what the, what is the one advice that you would give yourself? Get a really amazing mentor from day one who's done it before. <laughs> Ask for help. And I, thank you for asking that question because it's something I'd like to share is I was terrible at asking for help. I had this big thing, I don't want to be a bother. Oh, you know, I don't want to interrupt people. Everyone else is so busy and there's probably other people out there that need help more than me. I had this real issue of asking for help. And it wasn't until I found an amazing, another businesswoman, uh, Caroline Simonson, who's incredible. And I used to see her just ask for help all the time. Well, what about this? And she, I said, how? I need to know how you think because I need to be able to do this. And she's like, well, no, if someone has got the answer I need, I'm going to go to the fastest path to find that answer because if I'm not getting the fastest path to that answer, then there's somebody else Then I'm not able to help. And I was like, oh, my God. It totally reframed the way I thought about asking for help. And then I realized, actually, when people ask me for help, I love giving it. It's like a gift to be able to help someone. So actually, me not asking for help, I'm reducing my amount of connections I can have and building relationships, and people actually want to help you. So the first thing I would have done is get much, much better at asking for help, and especially from people who have been there and done it before. That's a brilliant answer. Thank you so much. Thank you, Aaron. A huge thank you to you for listening to the Courageous Leaders Club. I'd love to know if anything from today's conversation resonated with you and what your key takeaway is. Will you do anything differently? Have you learned something you'll take forward in your own leadership? Do take a moment to connect with us on LinkedIn where you can share your thoughts. You can connect personally with me at my email, joanna.hounds at thechangecreators.com. If you haven't subscribed yet, please do. This will really help us grow our podcast and reach and help as many people as possible. If you can think of someone who will benefit from listening to this podcast, please do share it with them. Finally, for those of you who are seeking to take action today, you can book a free strategy call with me and together we can produce an action plan to implement into your leadership and business. You can head to the link in the show notes to book now. Thank you so much again for listening and I'll meet again on the next episode of the Courageous Leaders Club.